You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. Get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Kamalina Bikino, and we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. Welcome back, David. Hi, Kamalina. How are you today? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Very well, thanks. That's good. Um, so, David, you're back here for another one of your Are You Listening um, episodes, mm. and each week you've been providing us with a proverb. So, what do you have for us this morning? I have, and today we're going to get into some of the well-known phrases and discussion, I suppose, in Proverbs, where we have these, uh, we we would call them wisdom sayings. Mm. So we're we're going to look at it because there's different sections in Proverbs, and the one that, uh, some of the ones we've been looking at really are just advice or direction, whereas these ones are those those pithy sayings that that, that grab your attention. Mm. So we're going to read uh, Proverbs chapter 15, and I'm going to read verses 1 to 7. I'm going to read from the New King James. You can mm-hmm. read from whatever version you've got. It says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but the perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. In the house of the righteous there is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool does not do so. So the majority of the proverbs uh, uh, contain what's known as terse didactic statements. Oh, that's that's an interesting term, mm. and uh, it it really just means on point, <laughs> uh, instructional statements. That's mm. I don't know why I didn't just say that, but you know, <laughs> we we use these uh, these interesting terms in literature and. That's one of them. So it's a didactic statement, and it's quite to, to the point. And it's aimed at teaching lessons by using two opposing comparisons. And you see this right through major parts of, of, uh, of Proverbs. For example, what we've just read compares the wise and the foolish speech. It also compares righteous and wicked use of wealth. You know, talked about how you use that and what's good and what's not. And many of these proverbs are actually very, very instructional. And if we took the time to actually uh, read them and pay attention to a lot of what's said in here we might save ourselves a lot of heartache mm. because uh, the person who wrote most of them is Solomon. There are some others that contribute to these these uh, these sayings in Proverbs, but majority of them were, were uh, Solomon, and Solomon mm. was called the wisest man who ever lived. He asked God for wisdom when God said, what, what will I give you? Mm. And he didn't ask for money, he didn't ask for fame. He said, look, I, I just want to manage these people well, so mm. give me the wisdom to do that. So God gave him the wisdom. And then later on in his life, he writes all of these wise sayings down. And I, I've chosen the one that I have today because in today's program entitled Ambassadors, we're looking at mm. what 
the corporate representation of Christians, which is called the church, and we'll delve into that in a moment, but we're looking at what it should look like. Mm. So some of these sayings are comparing what should be as opposed to what's not so helpful. And that's why I've chosen those ones today. Very topical, very topical. Mm. Yeah. And um, it's it's interesting how having to represent um, God on this earth, there's there's a lot that Proverbs directs us. Proverbs directs us a lot with um, the best way to do that. So To do it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Very good and very topical for today's discussion. <laughs> so, um, so far with the IE Listening series, we've covered uh, many different topics. Um, mm. Did you want to give us a bit of an overview of what you talked about last week? It was reflecting on Jesus, I believe. Yes, yes. The week before that, we looked at the eternal solution that God put in place. And last week, we looked at how that was lived out in the life of Jesus' Mm. followers or how it should be lived out in the life of Jesus' followers to best reflect him. So that was called reflecting Jesus. Mm. So today, today we're looking at a topic called ambassadors. Ambassadors. (laughs) (laughs) And today, we're actually going to look at the corporate group of people that represent God or are supposed to represent God called the church, mm. what it should look like, um, and it's called Ambassadors, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what we've titled it today. Um, today, uh, I would like our listeners to perhaps text in their response to the topic as we go through it, uh, yeah. because in the different sections, it'll raise questions for people as we mm. go through, and we'll okay. cover that in a moment. But the listener question that they can also reply to is, have you ever had to represent a company or a business somewhere? And what was the most important business feature that you displayed? When you were representing them. Mm. Okay, I hope that makes sense. So I'll give you an example. I was once, when I was in the Air Force, I was nine years in the Air Force, and we were taught never to volunteer for anything because if you don't volunteer, there's less chance you'll be picked. If Mm. you volunteer, you're it. (laughs) But if, if you don't volunteer, there's a chance you won't be picked. All right, so they say, don't volunteer for anything because they want you to do it, they'll pick you, yeah. right? But if you put your hand up, you're definitely doing it. So the officer came out one morning on parade and said, I need two volunteers. We're all thinking, nobody volunteer, no, don't, don't volunteer. <laughs> nobody volunteered, so sucker David puts his hand up and says, oh, I'll do it, whatever. <laughs> and another one of our friends, uh, he put his hand up and he says, all right, I'll do it too. And he says, great. He says, we need two representatives, chaperones, if you like, for a beauty pageant. Everyone shoots their hands up. Let me do it. Let me do it. But anyway, so we were already volunteered, so we got picked. And it was it was really good. Um, I can't say it wasn't good. So it was a country festival beauty pageant, and we had to chaperone the, two of the ladies. Um, and so the attributes that we had to display or that we did display was reliability, trust and respect. You had to Mm. go in uniform and, you know, all the girls' eyes were on you. and It was great. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. Why would you pass an opportunity like that? (laughs) Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So the listener question today, again, maybe you could read that. Yes, absolutely. So this is our question for you this morning. Have you ever had to represent a company or a business somewhere? And what was the most important business feature that you displayed? That text us in this morning on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We would love to hear from you. 
So uh, what about you, Carl? Yeah, like I, I, I can actually say I've worked as something called an ambassador before, right. not in a very big official role. Um, mm-hmm. I, when I was at university, they had these positions called student ambassadors. Yeah. And um, it was actually a volunteer position <laughs> because mm-hmm. – um, I wanted to be involved with a few things. I was that type of person. And I went in as a volunteer student ambassador in my first year of uni. And that was basically on open day when everyone comes over, you just represent the school mm-hmm. and you just help them find where to go for the different presentations oh, yes, and all I've those things that are happening. Like that. Yeah. Right. And then um, the year later, it actually became a paid position, but wow. I was already working and a different job while studying. So I didn't want to be paid as a student ambassador. I didn't want to work. And have that responsibility. So I, each time open day came around, I'll just volunteer again because mm. I enjoyed doing the volunteering part. And a lot of them were like, why don't you just work? I was like, ah, oh, nah. But yeah, basically for that position, you had to display, um, it's being respectful always mm-hmm. because you never know who's coming in and just yep. being friendly. Yeah. And um, approachable was really the big, big, big features that you had to display because you had strangers basically yes. coming to a school and very nervous. It's a big change um, for them. So we just try and display, um, you know, friendliness, approachability and um, kindness because you, you don't want to freak them out. So, yeah. <laughs> so you just yeah. try to be as um, gentle and kind as possible and help them know, be as clear as you can with instruction, help them know where to go. So that's yeah. probably the first and I think only time I've had to represent. Um, and, and that's a key yeah, word, body. isn't it? Represent. Yeah. You know, when they say, when when this term is used in a modern sense, they say re- represent and that it just means that you are mm. the group yeah. to people's eyes. Yes. So if they've got a problem with the Royal Australian Air Force, it's because someone who's represented it yeah. has displayed that problem. Absolutely. And so people look at that person and for them, that person is that company or yeah. that group. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm sure we'll be getting more into um, ambassadors later on in the program. Before we do, just a reminder, you can go and listen to all of the past programs um, on the Faith FM app and the Faith FM website. You can find Are You Listening under its own tab because it's its own series. And or you can find them all the different programs um, under Tassie Encounters as well. Just a quick reminder of our listener question. Have you ever had to represent a company or a business somewhere? And what was the most important business feature that you displayed? Text us in on 0488880891. This first song is Called Me Higher by All Sons and Daughters. I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something again. From the inside, and I could be 
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we are talking with David Maxwell on the topic of ambassadors. And this is his series of Are You Listening? Now, before the break, we had a listener question for you. Have you ever had to represent a company or a business somewhere? And what was the most important feature or business feature that you displayed? Text us in on 0488880891. We would love to hear from you. And it was quite funny because me and David mm. were actually chatting about how during the song break, we were chatting about how we actually are both ambassadors for Faith FM. Faith FM. Faith FM. Here we are. Correct. We Here are we representing, are. whilst on air, um, Faith FM and the values that they they display as well. Mm, that's right. So that is who we are. <laughs> anyway. It is all that. Yes. So we're talking about ambassadors today, David. And mm. before the break, uh, we're going to explore what God's representatives or the church should look like. So how are we starting off today? Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. Yeah, so today we're going to start by looking at what a church actually is. Then we're going to explore which church is God's church. That might create some controversy, Ooh. and I'm happy to have people text in, say I'm wrong. Okay, Ooh, so okay. get ready for that. Yes. And finish up by sharing how we can be part of this group of people. But mm. first we're going to pray. And then we're going to look at the verse. I'll get you to read the verses we're looking at today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we are able to share your words online today over the radio. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to each person who listens. Lord, may they hear your voice. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to read Acts chapter 2, 38 to 47. A few yes. verses, but I'll get you to read it in the NLT today. It Absolutely. flows quite well. Yeah. All right, let's read. Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. 
Mm, what thanks, a, Carmelina. What a verse. <laughs> must have been a huge church. Yeah, 3,000. 3,000 fit into that church. That day, that day, 3,000. That's just that day. And then they added more yeah. and they met together in the same place. That must have been a really big church. Really? I don't know. That must have been the size of a stadium. Far out, yeah. We're going to dig into that a little bit more and <laughs> see what they actually meant. Oh, okay. So Royal Australian Air Force is a representative group of people that have one purpose, goal and mission. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll say that again. It's a representative group of people that have one purpose, goal and mission. And when you think about the Royal Australian Air Force, what comes to mind for you, Carmelina? Um, I think of fighter jets and um, Top Gun. Very good, very good. So sometimes aircraft come to mind when you say Air Force. Perhaps men and women in blue uniforms marching on Anzac Day comes to mind, but rarely, if ever, will you think of an Air Force base or a group of buildings or some structures of some kind, well, until now when I've mentioned them. Mm. All right, it's like saying the pink elephant. Don't think about pink elephant. You think about a pink elephant. But generally you'll think about... The these things, right? The things associated with the Air Force. However, when someone says church, what do you think of? Um, a building. Correct. <laughs> Everyone thinks of a building. It yeah. might be St Paul's Cathedral, St Peter's in in uh, a city somewhere, or some other ornate, mm. wonderful church building. Yes. Why? Oh, because we can you, see a building. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. as we'll see today, church is not a building, it's a representative group of people that have one purpose, goal and mission. Well, that's what they should be. Mm. Now, I remember somebody saying to me once, I don't have any problem with God, it's with all his little followers or Um, all his little helpers. (laughs) We're going to look at what that should be, what it Mm. could be. Um, Today we're going to look at this representative group of people, what it actually is and whether or not they're actually the ambassadors they're meant to be and if not, how can they be? Mm. So that's what we're going to look at today. As we read in the opening verses today, the New Testament group of people that followed Jesus or followed Jesus and began growing exponentially after that day of Pentecost where 3,000 were converted Mm. at one hit, and I'm sure our church leaders would love that today, (laughs) it's the first that's referred to as a church. However, way back in Matthew 16, Mm. we have the first mention of this word. So I'm going to go back to Matthew 16 and verse 18. I'm going to read it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is speaking. And he says, now some people have heard this verse. It says, And I say, also say to you, he's talking to Peter, that you are mm-hmm. Peter. And then he's pointing at himself and he says, And this rock, on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Mm-hmm. So he uses this word church. Now, Whether we're looking at the word in Acts or in Matthew, it's been translated as church in the English, but in the Greek, it's the word ecclesia, and it means assembly, inferring Mm. a particular assembly of people. Mm. Now, when Jesus was referring to this group, he referred to it to it as my assembly or my church, my ecclesia which immediately gives its structure and meaning. It means that this is a group of people that identify with Jesus and are, or at least should, be like him. Mm. 
Mm. Now, the next mention clarifies it further in chapter 18, a couple of chapters further in Matthew, and it says he's talking about church discipline. He's talking about when someone um, is not doing the right thing, they're not listening. He says, if he refuses to hear them, tell it, that's the elders, tell mm. it to the church. Now, clearly Jesus is not saying that if someone won't listen to reason in conflict management, take them to the front of the church building and tell the building about it. Yeah, no. He's clearly not saying that because there's a response expected. Mm. Jesus explaining if someone continues to be unreasonable when trying to work out a conflict, take them in front of the group of people that he called his church or assembly of people and let them decide what to do about the issue. Mm. So you're suggesting that the church mentioned in the Bible is a group of people and not a building. Correct. Yes. So when we said before 3,000 were yeah. joining the meeting in one place, they're not meeting in a building. No. It, as you read further on, it says they're meeting in homes, they're meeting in the temple, they're meeting in different places. But it's talking about the group the group mm. of people. So specifically it refers to people regardless of where they meet. And today, however, many people have come to understand that as the building when we say church. To help us understand this in the proper role of the assembly of people or the church, the Bible makes it even more clear through Paul's letters to the Colossian believers when he calls them Jesus' body. Mm. Now let me go there quickly and I'll read that in Colossians 1 and verse 18. Mm-hmm. And he says, and he, that's Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Mm. So when you think about this analogy, the head as Jesus and the body as his followers, it works really, really well because your head contains all your knowledge, right? Mm. Your information, instruction, and the directions to make your body function properly. Now, if there's a problem in your brain and it gives the wrong messages to the body, your body acts erratically. That's what happens when someone has an epileptic fit. Mm. And if the body is, if the head is separated from the body, <laughs> the body doesn't function very well. No <laughs> Certainly not for very long. But usually the body functions well, it functions properly, uniformly, and this is why Jesus uses this analogy. The head directs the body. Mm. So... When Jesus' followers are listening to the directions and guidance from Jesus, the head, then the body or the church, should function as it should? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But more about that after the break. Yes, absolutely. Well, as a reminder of our listener question this morning, have you ever had to represent a company or a business somewhere? And what was the most important business feature that you displayed? Text us in this morning on 0488-880891. We did get one message, uh, Freco or Stephen. Good morning. Thank you for messaging this morning. And he says the most important thing in running a business and hardest part is looking after your workers. Um, If you do this right, your business will go well. Amen. That is very true. Um, And so thank you very much for texting us this morning. And just a reminder of our book offer this morning, coming up later in the program, The Church Triumphant, Called to a Prophetic Destiny by Mark Finley. Be sure to stick around for that. But right now, this is Home by Evan Craft. Find a place that I could call home 
Wanna leave my trace A legacy, a melody that leads us back to you So I won't relent until I'm home with you Was lost in the dark. Heard you call my name. Dreams so far and gone. Till you found my flame. You came alive. Your love revived. What I'm called to be. Now I won't give up. You made your home in me. Ooh, you're in each breath I'm taking. is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we have another episode on the series Are You Listening with David Maxwell? And today we are talking about ambassadors. <laughs> so, <laughs> ambassadors, it's such a cool word. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, um, so David, before the break, we were talking about how followers of Jesus, when they follow the direction of Jesus, uh, of the head, then mm. the functioning of the body or the people um, should be happening correctly. So, mm. could you please explain which church you're speaking about and, right. you know, if we're being honest, you know, why there's so many? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, there really is. There really is so many. And, and... Um, they they all tend to call themselves the one true church of Jesus. Uh, so mm. we're talking about Christian churches here. Well, as I said before the break, Colossians 1.18 says that Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Mm. So logically, the church or group of believers that faithfully listen to the directions from the head, obey him, let him, let them, let, let him lead them, That'll be the right group of believers, right? Mm. Right. So yeah. which one is that? Get ready for all the texts. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so 
If you're picking a university for your children or for yourself, you don't just pick one that looks good or sounds good, right? Mm. Um, you, you rather have to weigh up all your options. You do some research um, and, and you look into which is the best university that gives you the best chance of learning the right information in the right way. Mm. That's generally what people do. That's what I did when I was planning to go to university. I looked at other Christian universities and I looked at, well, which one? I looked at Tabor College in, in Western Australia and I thought, well, how much of my course could I do there? Um, but when in the end, I looked at Avondale and I said, I think this is the best option for me. And the same is true with God's church. Now, a university only deals with temporal learning in the here and now, doesn't it? Yeah. But a church should teaches you the things that are of eternal consequence. So you want to be sure you choose wisely. Mm. Now, in the first few centuries uh, after Jesus left, there was only one church. But even in Jesus' day, as his new church is forming, there were challenges. Uh, in John 10, 12 to 13, Jesus identifies that there are false shepherds meaning spiritual leaders, that weren't following Jesus properly uh, and they weren't leading people properly in the way of God. Mm. So even in his time, there were true and false spiritual heads, if you like, inverted commas. Mm. And in turn, if you have false spiritual heads, they're going to lead people falsely and they'll create false churches or false bodies, assemblies, groups of people, you know, that, mm. that kind of thing. <clears throat> so in the first century of the early church, some of the leaders even encouraged uh, a following of the true and abandonment of the false. Mm. So I'd like to read what um, what Pastor Paul said <laughs> or, or Apostle Paul said to the Galatian church in chapter 1. Maybe you could read it for me, chapter 1, yeah. verse 6 to 8. Absolutely. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed or accused. Accursed. Yes. Yeah, so here Paul is saying the, the the correct group of or assembly of people are those who follow the gospel that Jesus gave them to pass on. Mm. And if someone preaches something different, it's wrong. Okay, so he actually clarifies really, really well here what the true church was supposed to be. It was mm. a church that had the gospel of Christ and was the same as what they preached. Same as what they uh, those those early leaders taught. Mm. So the same is true for us today. If it was right then, it's right now. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So how do we know which is which? First and foremost, as we've said before, the correctly functioning body will be connected to the right head, and that head is Jesus. Mm. One clear sign of this is their behaviour. Jesus said himself that those who love him will keep his commandments. He mm -hmm. says, if you love me, keep my commandments, which means that they'll be obedient to Jesus and what he told, told them to do or what he tells us to do. Secondly, it stands to reason that if you're connected to the head, who is Jesus, then you will be functioning as he directs. 
which means you'll be like Jesus and behave like he did. Mm. Well, how did Jesus behave? This is a good question. Mm. Well, what's some of the things that you can remember that Jesus did for people, Carmelina? He served them. So mm. um, he, and he didn't, like, he didn't look at what their outward appearance was really doing. He was looking at their yep. heart. and He did. Um, he did. Yeah, he, he was very um, caring and... Um, you know, he healed them. So he's his behaviour was always loving. Really. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It really was. Um, he seemed to often forget about himself. Mm. When you think about, just just think about for a moment, Jesus' normal day. So Jesus has a normal day. People are just flocking around him because... Everywhere he goes, he heals. Uh, there was a reference in, I didn't look it up, but there was mm. one that said um, there were towns he went through where he healed everyone who was sick. So wow. that means when he left, no one was sick. The doctors uh, had an empty office the next day um, because there, there were no more sick people. Mm. And so he spent all day doing this and sometimes into the night uh, there was one particular time, it was after Sabbath. So they came after Sabbath. So the whole day was finished, sunset, and then he healed long into the night. And then after that, he goes and prays with his father. So the whole time almost, he is spending his time with others all connected with God. Mm. So he was certainly selfless. Yes. He cares for the spiritual and the physical needs of people. So, yes, he was concerned that they got to know God, but he also healed their physical needs. And I often wish we could do more of that today. Mm. And I don't know if it's our faith or God's not ready for that gift yet for us, but it would be great to be able to just go and heal people who are sick. Mm. He was in constant connection to his father, so I hope people are listening to these different things. This is what Jesus was like. This is Jesus' behavior. And if we're connected to this head, Jesus, we should be seeing some of these things start to come out in our life. Selflessness, mm. caring for physical and spiritual needs of others, constantly connected to God because we know we need his strength. And then doing what his father directed, Jesus did that. And he has the salvation of others in mind. So... Jesus wasn't self-directed. No. This is important because as Christians, we often like to be self-directed. Mm. We don't like authority. We don't like someone telling us what to do. Jesus was, as the perfect human, was subservient to his father. He says, I don't do what I want to do. I do what God tells me to do. Mm. So we have to learn. This is why God wants us in Romans 13. He says, Sub be subject to the authorities over you. This is not just church authorities. This is public authorities as well. God puts them in place so that they will teach us to be subservient to authority, willingly, not forcefully. Mm. So I think this is really, really important because the salvation of others was foremost in Jesus' mind and action. Mm. And all of those other things were important in his life because he cared for other people. Absolutely. So if our if the church that you're going to, if if our church doesn't do mm. these things that Jesus is 
providing as an example,、mm-hmm. it's possible that we're associated with the wrong group, or、mm. it's not a church that follows Jesus. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I'm saying, Carmelina. Because, well, actually, it's not what I'm saying. It's what the Bible's saying.、Mm. The Bible is saying that the church of Jesus follows. Jesus, and if it's not following Jesus, is it the Church of Jesus?、Mm. But we're going to talk more about that after the break. Absolutely. <laughs> and following the break, we have our book offer for today. So listen in. This is what our book is about. It is titled "The Church Triumphant: Called to a Prophetic Destiny" by Mark Finley. Our Creator, Redeemer, and our Coming King is the Church's only hope for today, tomorrow, and forever. He has providentially raised the church up for a unique mission, and it will not fail in rising to the destiny for which Christ created it. Seven Day Adventists are part of a prophetic movement with an urgent prophetic calling. We are not merely another denomination on the landscape of religious movements. We are a divine end time movement with an end time purpose and an end time message and an end time mission for the entire world. No matter how challenging the days ahead, no matter how dark the future becomes, no matter what difficulties the church goes through, Christ's people, Christ's church, Christ's purposes, and Christ's plans will triumph at last. The code is after the break, but right now, this is the code by Matt and Josie Manikas. Sometimes I think I have to be perfect for God to use me. I think I have to know it all, never stumble, never fall. I focus on all my inadequacies instead of what Christ can do through me. I forget to trust, and I can't quite see. That God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called, and He'll supply your every need. We choose to give Him all. You can be too big for God to use, but you'll never be too small. 'Cause God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies His called. God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called, and He'll supply your every need. We choose to give Him all. You can be too big for God to use, but you'll never be too small. 'Cause God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies His called. 
So don't hinder God with what you say you can't do. Just be willing and ready to be used. Go where He leads with a heart that is willing. No telling what He'll do through God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called, and He'll supply your every need when you choose to give Him all. You can be too big for God to use, but you'll never be too small, because God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies His called. No, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies His called. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and we are finishing up our program with David Maxwell on the topic of empathy. But of course, before the break, we have our giveaway for this morning. We have about three copies, so get in quick. The title is The Church Triumphant, Called to a Prophetic Destiny by Mark Findlay. And to claim this book this morning, you need to text us the code. That code is LISTEN9, L-I-S-T-E-N, and the number 9, no spaces. Text that in to 048880891. That code, again, is LISTEN9, L-I-S-T-E-N, and the number 9, no spaces. Text that in to 048880891. So, David... Before the break, you were talking about how the church doesn't, if the church doesn't do these things that Jesus has led as an example, mm. it's possible that we're with the wrong group or this church isn't representing Jesus. Mm. So, would you be able to explain this a bit more? Because every church, like, isn't every church imperfect? Like, mm-hmm. it's really hard to, Jesus is a hard person to live up to. Um, <laughs> like, so, um, are we to find one that is perfect or I just ha- we can't belong to any of them like what's what's the dealio <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's thanks Carmelina. <laughs> some people do come to that conclusion um, they try and find or make a perfect church or a perfect group they exclude people who uh, have um, don't fit the mm-hmm. behavior they try and exclude anyone who measures up but that's not what Jesus meant someone mm-hmm. said to me once if you're looking for the perfect church when you find it, don't join because you'll mess it up. <laughs> and I thought, that's true, we all make yeah, mistakes. I'll mess it up. <laughs> now, when a tree shoot first breaks the ground, is it a perfect tree yet? Uh, no. No, no. Oh. It's a perfect shoot, though, of yeah. that kind of tree. Likewise, when it's a couple of years old, it still isn't yet perfectly mature. 
but it's a perfect young tree. And the same can be said for the church. When people uh, in an assembly of people or a church begin following the ingredients of what it takes to be Jesus' body by being connected with him and then genuinely following and obeying and doing what he says, it's perfect at every stage of growth, even though it's not perfect by ultimate standards. You know, we see there's lots of sick people in our church. Well, there is sick people in every church because it's a hospital for sinners. Mm. It's where they go to get help. So how can we be Jesus' church then? Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, we all need to be reading his word uh, and doing our best to genuinely follow and obey what we read. Okay, Remember we spoke about the head and the body. Jesus the head, we're the body. Well, to be Jesus' church or assembly of people, we must put him in charge, not some other person. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus must truly be the one who directs the group. Uh, and each person in the group must remain connected and following his commands. Mm-hmm. We can't be letting the Pope, Buddha, Muhammad, or a pastor or a leader be the one that directs us. Because if we do, we're making them the head in the place of Jesus. Sure, we can listen to these leaders as mm. far as they agree with Jesus. Yes. But if they direct us to do things that be, or behave differently to what Jesus told us to do, we've got to put their teachings aside and we have to follow Jesus instead. Mm. That's being the body. That's being connected, connected. And we remain connect, connected only to Jesus as the one we allow to direct us. Mm. Then we become his body or his church. And this can be independent to the actual group that we physically attend each week. Mm. Now, you mentioned earlier the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I hadn't mentioned that yet. Yeah. And I hadn't planned on mentioning it, but that that book does mention a specific role for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, mm. just like there was a specific role for Israel in the time before Christ, there was a specific role for the early Christian church following Jesus, and that was to reach the world with the gospel. And in the in the last days, there is a specific role for the Seventh-day Adventist church. Mm. But God has his people. His church is much bigger than our church. Mm. We are part of God's church and that's important to remember. And there's going to come a time when there is only Jesus' church and not Jesus' church, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's a way of putting it. Yeah. But we all make mistakes and we're all imperfect. But if we allow Jesus to lead, direct, mature and perfect us, we will be his church in the process. So I come back mm-hmm. to my opening illustration of the Royal Australian Air Force. It's a representative group of people that have one purpose, goal, and mission. And this is seen through those who act as good ambassadors for them in public, like I had to do. So, too, to be a good ambassador for Jesus and for his church, we need to be a person who forms part of a representative group of people that have Jesus' purpose, goal, and mission in mind and are actively carrying that out. And that can be different through different generations. And today, God has a very specific purpose, goal, and mission for his followers. This was Jesus' purpose for instructing then leaving his followers here to continue what he started. And he still wants us to be that today. So mm. 
are you associated with an assembly of believers that are a representative group of people that have Jesus' purpose, goal, and mission in mind for today? Because mm. he's coming very soon, and he has a very specific purpose, goal, and mission for the church today. And if not, why not get in touch with us? And we'll show you how you can be. But also tune in next week yes. for more info on how to do this in a practical way, because that's what we're going to talk about next week. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, David, and thank you all for joining us this morning. So next week on Are You Listening, I believe the title is Joining the Eternal Kingdom. Did you want to give us a promo on that? Yeah, well, we're going to discover how Jesus said that we join him in this corporate sense, that is, the the body or the church. Ah, yes, the job interview. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of. Sort of, something like that. Well, um, Hmm. that will be a great time. And be sure to join David next week um, for that episode of Are You Listening? Um, also join us tomorrow is going to be Jason Cook and myself. Jason's back off leave. Yay. Um, but he will be talking about Stand Firm and it'll be a story of Sadrach, Meshach and Abednego for our Connecting the Dots program. So be sure to join us for that. Also, just a reminder of our book offer this morning. The code is LISTEN9. They're still up for grabs, so be sure to text in L-I-S-T-E-N and the number 9, no spaces. Text that in to 0488-880-891. And reminder, the the book is called The Church Triumphant, called to a prophetic destiny by Mark Finley. So be sure not to miss out on that. Um, I hope you guys have a great day. And also, um, this might be one, uh, our last one together for a while, David. Mm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss you. Um, <laughs> we'll be seeing each other yes. outside of Faith FM, I'm sure. But, um, yeah. Uh, I hope, however the rest of the series goes, that um, yeah, it goes well. So, God be with you with um, this ministry. And thank you all for joining us. Um, remember, God is speaking, but are you listening? This song is Your Will Be Done by City of Light. Have a great day.